Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It is Thursday, November 9th, and this is Blinkers Off with the man. What's up, man? How, uh, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody's doing well. It's uh, it's it's good to be back in the studio after being on the road for a couple of these shows. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, putting a re like a like a ending to the Breeders' Cup and uh, moving on. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, it, it, you've probably had been able to. I mean, because I know you've done you were on the Magic Mike show, then you've obviously been on um, you know doing kind of the the top five and things like that, where it's like you've had chance to really kind of decompress this a little bit. Whereas like, I feel like I've from, I've literally got off an airplane, went straight to, as you guys can see on the, on the screen, packing, moving shit. Like I haven't even had time. This is the first I've kind of dove back into the races, uh, you know, kind of re, uh, preview or uh, getting ready for today's show. Uh, you know, so it was, I've had a time to just kind of decompress and now I'm back into it and realizing how really how good of a, of a day, especially Saturday we saw the racing was unbelievable. It's, I feel like Saturday was a day we kind of needed for racing, right? I mean, uh, not we as in you and I, but just as, as racing in general, it's like the, you know, so many times like bad things would happen on the big days this year, but man, I tell you, uh, nothing, nothing really bad happened this time. And, and the big, the big horses, you know, for the most part showed up and were just really, really awesome on that day. I can't wait to talk about Saturday, Friday, you know, <laughs> we can skip it if you want, <laughs> but Saturday was a great day, but we have to talk about, I mean, we're not going to, well, let's say, put it this way. We're not going to be talking too much about what the bets we hit on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but no, Saturday, obviously the racing was way better. Um, but, but interesting results on, on Friday too, you know, capped off by, well, two of them, I guess, tomorrow not running well and fierceness running like justify. Um, it's like, what the hell was that? So we'll get into that in a second. Um, listen, let's. I guess we can talk about, do you think we, did we clear up anything with, because we, we talked a ton about this. It seemed like, by the way, great weekend as far as non-racing, but like being with Ryan and being with Shoddy and, and Samich and every, you know, all the people we got to meet, if you, you know, appreciate it. It was awesome to, to see, you know, some of our good friends, Dr. Tang, all the guys, um, but just being at the Airbnb and the shooting the shit. I mean, it, it is a, you know, John White shit. I mean, I had to spend all, first Saturday night with John um it's a it's a blur but when you get back you're like oh wow that was you know that was a good time you know because we're so busy but um we talked a lot about horse of the year throughout the weekend i felt like you know and and before the races after the races like what would happen if this happened what would you know now that we've had the dust settle and seemingly no horses i don't think right are going to run again as far as that would have implications towards the horse of the year has it cleared up the picture at all for you I I don't think there's any doubt Cody's wish will be the horse of the year. Like I don't I don't even think it's a debate. I, I think the story and, and and you know the Cody passing away, not Cody's wish, but the Cody Dorman, the 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 human. I, I just feel like it's a lock. Now you know if that yeah. story isn't attached to it, maybe there's a lot more debate. But I think Cody's wish will win horse of the year. I don't know how many people vote in it, but I bet he gets like 80% of the first place votes. I just don't, I don't see it's a year where you can debate so many different things. These are human beings that are voting on the award. I I think Cody's wish is a, is like a lock for horse of the year. I don't think it'll be close. 
It's yeah. I mean, I think I would have still I I think I still put him number one, but I mean I think I think I still would have done it had even with Cody, you know, with Cody, his namesake passing away. Um, but it, it, I, st- I think that's going to be like the the key part to that, um, and, and deservedly so, I think, because it's been such an amazing story. And you want to talk about horse of the year, right? Like the year and what the, that journey has meant. And starting back to the last Breeders' Cup, is wasn't he kind of like, you know what I mean? We knew about it, but it really took flight then. Um Gosh, I mean, what a what a twelve months it's been for. for I mean, I, I it, name okay. If you all the people we know that aren't in racing, other than you know the terrible aspects of racing over the last twelve months, if you've talked to somebody out of those people, it's always about Cody's wish. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it is just such a such a big story, and you know he backs it up. I I know it's not like the greatest breeders cup win ever, but we, he didn't do anything to make you think, well, he lost it. You know, like if he loses to national treasure, then obviously not. And you know, the other side of it is, yeah, he did lose to white Barrio without any doubt, but he also beat white Barrio during the season too. So, you know, end of the day, I, I just feel like he did enough on the track to earn it. And then, uh, you know, with the situation off the track and again, it's, it's not a year where, we have a triple crown winner or something like that, where it's like, no, you just can't give it to him. We didn't, we didn't have that. It's like white Barrio was great for two races, but it was, it was just two races before August. He wasn't really that good. And, and, you know, up to the mark, had a great season, but he didn't win at the breeders cup and he's a turf horse. And so, you know, Lee power, great season. He's a sprinter. So it was very kind of sitting there being debated about. And then after all this happened, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just Cody's wish. It's his year. I don't really think there's any reason to, get upset about it one way or the other, you know, it's just, it was his year. It worked out and, and and he deserves the award. Here's the thing. And you kind of mentioned it and I don't think it gets talked about enough is like, cause everyone likes to go to, and I mean, I understand, right. But everyone likes to go to, well, when they faced each other, you know, uh, why did Barrio kill them? And you're like, well, do you remember the race before that? You know? And, mm-hmm. and I get it. Like the, the Whitney is a, is a classic type race, but the Met Mile, I would argue, is more a prestigious race than the Whitney. And he killed him. Like, I mean, White Barrio ran well, but Cody's wish was incredible that race. And so maybe you don't, maybe however you want to look at it, you still got to look at it like, hey, he did beat him too, right? It's not as clear as like, well, when they faced each other in the Whitney, he got killed. White Barrio undoubtedly had the best second half of the year, right? Oh, There's for no, sure. No way you can argue that. I mean, he was an unbelievable, but... From overall picture, I still have to give the nod. I'm with you. I think it's Cody's wish. Honestly, if I was voting, my finalist would be Cody's wish, White Barrio. And the third one gets tricky, but I, even though he lost, I thought up to the mark ran such a good race in the Breeders' Cup and would be deserving. I mean, he got second to a world-class, literally a world-class type horse who got the dream trip. I think he's deservingly of, of the finalist. He had a, he had a huge year. Up to the mark's the best United States horse in the country, period. There's no debate. I'll yeah. say that right now. He's not going to win horse of the year. He's the best horse that we have. He He's the only horse that all season long took on not only the best horses in this country and, and waxed them, but the best horses overseas and beat all but one. And he probably lost to one of the top four horses in the world at the Breeders' Cup, but he was a very close second, right? He beat a Breeders' Cup winner 
at a distance that really isn't even his best last time out at Keeneland. And then Master Seas goes on to win at the Breeders' Cup. He beat one of the best European horses that had ran in the United States so far in June back at the Belmont uh, on Belmont Day. Up to the mark's the best horse we have. I, I really believe that. But he's a turf horse. For whatever reason, he wasn't even really getting that much credit before, you know, the big the big race here. I mean, he beat the number three ranked horse in the world easily, and and uh, most of that, right? And then with August Rodin, he just he just wasn't quite good enough to go get him, but he was right there with him. I mean, again, he's not going to win it, and I'm not saying I'd even vote for him, but I to me, it's like, hey, who's the best horse in the United States right now? Up to the mark would be my answer. Isn't it funny that we talked a lot about this on our you know leading up? It's like this is a horse that we didn't, we, you know, was told we were told you know can't even walk, and not only did he prove us wrong and beat by the way, beat a Breeders' Cup winner. Okay, yep. he beat yep. a Breeders' Cup winner in Master of the Seas the race prior off a layoff, and then he damn near won the turf against a elite Aiden O'Brien horse, and yep. this horse was you know, may not even make a race in the last two races. So that just goes to show you what, you know, what that, what that means sometimes, because uh, the way he ran those races after kind of that in her head was, was just totally different night and day. I mean, it was incredible. And, and he's like said, he, he is the one that every single time it just felt like, man, he is facing the big time horses. Like you think about elite power. He just kind of stood out over the division. If you want to go like the classic route and you think about why to Barrio great two races, but the, the competition, you know, I mean, it was as good as it could possibly be, but his division was just kind of weak. And really the turf division was too, but the difference was the Europeans kept coming over here in races he was in and he just kept beating them. And, he beat most of them in the in the turf, except for the you know for one. So he got second. So yeah, he was he had an incredible year. Lee Power also had an incredible year as well. And uh, you know, I I definitely think for two races, White Barrio was that horse. But you know, it's hard to two races. Just I don't think are going to be enough to get him the horse of the year. He needed he really needed one more. I, I think, and I think he he would still be the the horse of the year. He needed one more. He needed, you know, like I've seen some comments uh, about kind of what he should have won or what he didn't win. You know, if he, you know, he got eighth in the Pegasus, right? That's a good example. Like he, mm-hmm. if he wins the Pegasus for, and then goes on and does that the rest of the year, what he did. Yeah. Or say he, ups, you know, he, he wins the Met Mile. Obviously, if he wins the Met Mile, he's, he, he's got that locked up. I would argue, by the way, that the Met Mile, I said it carries more weight, but from a stallion like making race and it's like it, I think the Met Mile is way more important than winning the Whitney. I think the Met Mile and the Whitney, you could argue one way or the other. I think but they I, mean I, about the same. Um, the classic means much more than both of them. Correct. And he did, he did get that one. But yeah, the Met Mile, the Whitney, it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. It depends on who you ask, it depends on what's important. They're both prestigious races that have been run for for a hundred years. Don't quote me on that. I have no idea. They both been run for a hundred years, but they both been run for a long time. They're both really, really important. Sounds like they're going to run them. Um, yeah, why the Barrio? That is, they're going to run them back. Maybe the Pegasus um, or the Saudi. Yeah, no Pegasus. They're going to the Saudi. No Pegasus. And the Saudi. You know, that obviously it goes in line with the the gaps, right. That he continues to have. And and he runs well off. He ran incredible. There was, we'll get to that race in the, uh, here in a second, but there was really, 
you know, no point of that race where you felt like he was going to lose. And, and he, you know, that's saying something for a race like the classic. So, I mean, I don't want to shit on him. Like, I mean, he, he deserves horse of the year most years, but this year I just don't think, um, I don't think he's going to get it. No, I don't. And he, I think he deserves it, but I don't think he's going to, I mean, there's no thing. He's not going to get it, but he does. He deserve it. I mean, he ran, he won the biggest race in this country. He did it pretty easily. I I can't sit here and say he doesn't deserve it, but I think the reality is he's, he's not going to get it. And they talked to Dutro about this actually after the Breeders' Cup, and he said, look, the, if, if the, the Ray, if the award was for best source of the second half of the year, we would be the winner. He said, but we, we had, we got him for three races. He said, yeah, we he got all literally next year to win for Cody's wish. Right. Yeah. Hey, like, I, mean, I hope we would win, but yeah, he, he basically said, we're not, you know, yeah. so it's, it yeah. is what it is. And, but I thought it was interesting. He said, we've got next year, next year is his year to win yep. horse of the year. So there you go. Yeah. Which, you know, say what you want about him. That's awesome. Right. You know, that, that, uh, you have a trainer that wins a race like that and he's saying, no, I'm going to keep running them and, and, uh, Hopefully can, you know, lock up horse of the year and earn it right. And earn horse of the year, because that's just the other thing too, is like, even as good as Cody's wish is, and I don't, I mean, all three of these contenders, if we're talking about up to the mark, or if you want to throw in elite power, if you want to throw in idiomatic, whatever it is, like it's, it's a, it's a bit of solid, that's a solid group, but it's not like these aren't these, it's not been one of those years where it's just insane. Right. Where it's just, you know, so it's like, yeah, that's great. But you go and win, you know, Saudi, you go and win the, you know, the, the Whitney and you go and win, you know, all these great big races next year. If you're wide to barrio, then yeah. Boom. Yeah. And lock it up. Who exactly is going to beat him? That's the other fight. Like, I mean, everything can change, but there's nobody out there that should beat wide barrio if they could keep him to where he's at right now. But I mean, that's just it. You just don't know. You know, right. horses go fade in and out, right? I mean, I remember when life was good, um, you know, beat Nick's go. I'm like, man, I don't think he's going to lose this year, you know? Yeah. And and he did. So a couple times. So you, you just sure, never know. It's not like, it's not like why Barrio has been a lead all his life, you know? So no, uh, you never know when maybe the, the reality sets back in with this kind of horse. No. Yeah, you, don't, you never know. And. But, you know, right now they've got him in, in just great, great form. And he ran two huge races in a row. I and mean, there's, there's, like I said, we'll talk about him though. Uh, when we do the, we do the race. I'll tell you what though. I mean, just from like, I'm not like a huge, like, you know, horse flesh guy. Like, I mean, I could tell you when one looks good or whatever, but he looks like a different horse than he used to look. And I get that he's older. Right. But he just looks like a different horse than the first of the year. He looks like he weighs like 200 more pounds. I mean, again, we'll talk about it more, but obviously I had him picked on top, had him bat. I was standing on the rail when they were going towards the, the gate. I looked at Magic and said, they're not beating that horse. And he looks unfreaking believable. Like, he he yep. did. He he looked so good. And Magic said, he, he's been doing like he's been showing himself all week, how good he's looked leading up to this. I said, I hadn't seen him for a long time. Well, since the Whitney um, and I, like said, that was one of those days where I just wasn't paying any attention after they had a breakdown and I didn't really care, but I hadn't seen him since then for a long time. And man, he, he looks like a different horse. I mean, they've, they've done great work with him. And I mean, I, I was very confident. Let's put it that way. All right, guys, let's uh, stop wasting time here. Let's get into the recap of the 40th annual Breeders' Cup World Championships from Santa Anita. 
What were some of the best and worst performances? What betting mistakes, what betting wins did we have in the two days? Uh, we'll have plenty of those back and forth. You know, and we, you know, in the horse of the year honors, I think we both agree that Cody's wish um, will probably take those home. We're going to answer all those questions and more. If you got more questions as we go, um, hit us up. We're going to try to do this as like a, a review of the races, but also a, re- a review of how we bet the races and kind of what we would have done differently, what we liked, and maybe it helps you guys as well as we go through each of the 14 races. Let's go. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we, you and I were in different spots for the classic. And, uh, so we kind of talked about it afterwards and it was like, you know, I had Ushba on top and, and you had wide barrio whenever I was, on, I was past, I was kind of right at the beginning of the first turn and they got to me, Ushba's in last and yeah. wide barrio is perfect. Right. And I, I, I looked over at, uh, um, I think I was with Ryan. I said, I looked over at Ryan. I was like, dude, they they're not beating wide barrio there. Like he looks perfect. And you know, he did, well, especially when you saw the fractions, it was like, he's just going to eat them up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Ushba. And I was like, dude, I, I never saw him. I have, I'll have to go watch. I have no idea where he was because if you bet on White Barrio, well, then you're never going to see those horses behind him because they never were close to him. I was, just, I knew the trip that the two horses in front of him was getting. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching it back, it just looked like with Ushba. I mean, I if you watch it, like I think he ran a pretty good race after, say, you know, this, well, this maybe the second half of the race, but he also passed, yeah. I think, some tired horses, but. You know, you never imagine, at least I didn't, I wouldn't have bet him if I thought he was going to be in last place. You know, I think yep. he just kind of got left from the gate a little bit, and then he just kind of kept getting squeezed back further and further, and next thing you know, he's in last. So it's a tough yeah, uh, th- it's a tough th- move to make. I think Magic, you know, he he had that documented about how he was really struggling with the gates over here. The, the gates are a little bit more narrow, and maybe, maybe that was the problem, you know, because he – he didn't really get pinched as much as he just didn't get out of there very quick. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, that's it's it too. It wasn't like it was. I mean, we've seen worse breaks for sure from yeah. worse, but it just didn't feel like he got out moving real quick. And by the time he did, it was, yeah, like I said, it's a long stretch, and he just kept getting uh, kept getting shuffled back. And next thing you know, he's in last. And like I said, I think he would end up finishing fifth. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a terrible effort after the fact, but it was one of those things after I saw he was in last and then I started watching Wada Barrio. It was, it was like, Oh wow. He did get up for fifth. I had no, I didn't even know. I didn't hear his name again. So they're off in the 40th breeders. Cup. All right, the 40th annual breeders cup world championships are in the books. Um, we're going to take a look at each race uh, one by one here from starting with Friday, the breeders cup future stars Friday card and, and not only just talk about the results, but also talk about how the bets fared. If uh, you followed along with the uh, breeders cup betting Bible, you obviously had a good uh, two days overall. It was a great Saturday, Friday, you and I kind of spun our wheels a little bit. I broke even, I think I made like 30 bucks or something um, kind of tough Friday, but we kind of knew that going in either one of us bet. Oh, I think I bet like 115. You may bet 110 or somewhere in those ballpark. I mean, we didn't, we knew kind of going in, like this is a tougher day. Uh, of racing as it usually is um we'll start with the first breeders cup race which is race five and this right here i mean this is it's talk about starting off with the bang this was the breeders cup juvenile turf sprint and man dude big evs was awesome i mean you talk about speed these guys went 20 
43.71 and 43.65. He's on he's not on the lead, he's right off the lead. And then just keeps going. Cooked Crimson Advocate keeps keeps going. This horse was unbelievable, man. It, they just collapsed except for him. Yep, and I, you know, tried to take a little shot against him for this reason exactly. I thought, okay, this pace is going to be a lot different than what he's been facing. I really like him. I think you know, his resume looks best. I think he's ran the best races, but I just think this pace is going to cause him a lot of trouble. It caused a lot of horses trouble in this race. Like it should have didn't cause him. He just kept going. Um, so this was, we're, we're going to talk on Saturday, some races. that's like, it's exactly how I drew it up is how it happened. This is one of them where exactly what I drew up in my head happened, but the horse was just too damn good <laughs> and would not give it up. So you just tip your hat uh, to this big to this big horse here. He he was awesome. You know the calorie charge, as as uh, as Brad Cox said in in the in the uh, distaff. But I'll use it for this one. The calorie charge was coming, but they couldn't get to this horse because he just wasn't stopping. It was yeah. I mean it was it was incredible. I mean that, the way they. He, you could tell whenever they turned for home because not only you know they 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 just were cooked. That you, know, you look at the second place, Valiant Force came from way out of it. Starless came from way out of it. Those horses just collapsed or came into a collapsed pace. No name Mets actually went off the favorite. Finished you know ran a pretty good race really. Ran finished fourth, but man, it, I mean big ebbs. He's talk about starting off the day strong. So um, I started off with a twenty dollar win bet on big ebbs, and that was one of those horses that I went into it not expecting to pick um i really liked crimson advocate quite a bit there but the more i watched the replays the more i like looked at him i was like oh man this guy he's pretty he's pretty damn good and plus i got three to one on him which is mm -hmm. awesome shout out to <laughs> to colson and <laughs> my magic's little boy who uh celebrated the three to one we got on big evs uh he was that's pretty funny but uh yeah no big evs was a huge start uh, or a big start for me wish i would have bet more right but uh yeah that's the thing too like if, if you would have saw the first half of that race you would have thought oh no for me oh. you know having big evs or crimson advocate if you bet you're like oh shit we're in trouble here but he, yeah. I, mean, he, I thought your horse you know committee of one or any really the select of those horses that like to come out of it setting up perfect like for a collapse like we saw was it last year or the year before um yeah. But it just didn't happen. So, yep. I thought this was going to be perfect uh, setup, and it was perfect setup. It's just that horse just didn't stop. So you just, I mean, you just tip your hat when that happens. <laughs> what a, I mean, what a performance! All right, you know, let's go to the next one, race six, which was the juvenile Phillies. Uh, this was you and I both, and I think probably ninety percent of people's uh, most likely winner on the Friday card, uh, number seven, Tamara. She, I mean. Not a lot of excuses here in the race. Now, I get, I guess she did come out with a, a chip, a bone chip of some sorts, and I mean, she's going to be fine, but maybe that had something to do with it, obviously, or maybe it happened to, you know, to, in somewhere in the race, but um, just really set the, you know, just did nothing that you would have expected or, unexpe you know, did nothing unexpected, and she just had absolutely nothing left when she hit the top of the stretch. Yeah, it's, it's funny what bothers you as a handicapper and what doesn't, and we'll get into what bothered me this weekend. And in and, and this one, you know, you, you on the surface, you think, boy, you got to be really upset about that one. That was you, you, the horse you really thought would run really well. This didn't bother me for a second because she got out to the lead. She was in a really good spot. She was just cruising around there. She didn't run a step after that. 
what are you, what are you supposed to do? Right. I mean, I thought everything was going really well, uh, for her in this spot. I, it, you know, I, I thought, yeah, she's going to run, uh, she's going to run her race and we'll see if she's good enough. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not like we talk about, but then it's just like, that's it. So it's like, when you never, when you look at it and go, okay, well she didn't fire. She never shot. You just move on to the next. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she was just awful. There's, there's nothing. I mean, even if you were against her, there's no way like you thought she was going to be that bad. No, no. I mean, if you thought she was going to lose, it's like you, it's, it's a, she runs a race and then some like, you know, whether whoever it is, candy gets up and beats her or just FYI, who obviously won at seven to one. But those are things that you could come up with, by the way, just FYI start gets a 12 post, which is a kind of a a reason. Yeah. I would have picked tomorrow anyways, but you know why I was probably, I I used that against her quite a bit and man, talk about not, that shut down real quick as far as the post position went and she got in a good position set right off of uh tomorrow um for most of that race and then when when the running started she just cruised right by her and uh you know you know candy ran okay from coming from out of it a little bit jody's pride ran really well uh but man just fyi that was that was a really good performance i'm not sure what we take from that race and just in general i mean because it's like like you said like tomorrow's better than that right bright work beat tomorrow you know and i i I don't know what you really do with this race other than like you said just like well she didn't run very well had an issue and we'll see what happens you know next year yep you hit around the head just move on i mean it was just a it was just not a very good race and like said you know well i'll express some anger in some other ones but this was just like i mean what can you do i mean i thought around the the first turn on the back stretch i thought okay she's in a perfect spot here. I mean, I didn't really think she'd be on the lead, but I think she's in a real good spot. I mean, I wouldn't trade positions with anybody. So, um, all right, let's go to race number seven. Uh, this is the juvenile Phillies turf. Dude, this one, this one bothered me just because I went into it kind of like my first take, my first look at the race, you know, back even like pre-entries, with hard to justify as my pick, you know, like, cause I really yeah. liked that horse. I liked her, um, at Saratoga and she's, I just kept talking myself out of her and obviously just went, kept going down, down the list and when goes off at nine to one wins looks pretty impressive really, but more than anything, I kind of felt like this was one of those races that just, we kind of knew, I guess kind of going in, but it just was a ugh race really. Yeah, I mean, this was the start of me getting kind of pissed off because <laughs> I, had Car- I had Carla's way, and boy, what a trip! Like perfect, and everything was going well. She was tracking just fine. Tipped out top of the stretch. I thought, all right, Carla's way is is going to run a big one, and she just was awful, just flattened out and was veering off to the to the right. And I thought, oh, this is how today's going to go. Okay, all right. Cause she really fooled me. I thought she was getting ready to really fire and she didn't fire really whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't, this just, um, wasn't that good of a race for me either. And so I'm just kind of, I'm scratching my head after this one for sure. Um, by the way, it was a, it was a good day for, uh, for justify, right? We had some justify babies winning and justify. And then of course, um, Hmm. hard to justify here it was so it's you know the justify on full display is kind of cool to see but uh, yeah this one was you know i had uh buchu buchu whatever um that horse and, and again it kind of a very similar kind of response to what you that they they ran um i think mine finished like sixth or seventh or something like that 
and both of them. I thought she, I thought she was in a perfect spot, and then she just spun her wheels, you know, down the stretch and hard to justify. No one really made up a lot of ground as far as up on the hard to justify who set, you know, damn near on the lead uh, to Dreamfire. So it, it was one of those that I can't believe I let Chad Brown at nine to one kind of get by me there. At the end of the day, though, I, I didn't feel. It is another one of those where I'm like, I didn't feel awful. I just was kind of pissed that I didn't, you know, stick to because I there was nothing. The more you looked at the race, it was easy to get yourself to talk, or it was easy to talk yourself out of of this race. You know what I mean? Like I, there was like it was every horse was like had had issues. Um, yeah, I guess I was right, or we were right on Gala Brand. I mean, played against her. Yeah, uh, but yeah. no, it was it was one of the. I don't. I didn't take a lot out of this race. It wasn't that good of a race on paper. It wasn't that good of a race on the racetrack, right? Like it just, they all kind of spun their wheels. Even the winner wasn't overly impressive, right? It, it felt like it was just kind of a, a little bit of a blanket finish between some horses that they still have some maturing to do. And you kind of, when you watch the replays, it's kind of like, there's some that might be okay, but there are a lot that's just like, I don't know. I'm on the fence with, I still kind of am on the fence with a, a few of these uh, going forward. I think you can beat a few of these horses going forward that uh, might be a little bit shorter prices. Uh, well, Rodney, first of all, I didn't know she would be nine to one. You know, when I made my pick, that's the first thing. And two, it's like, yeah, <laughs> some right. Sometimes I rock. Sometimes I had a really good day on Saturday today, that Friday I wasn't. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, shame on me. All right, let's go to uh, the juvenile race eight. This was an interesting race. Like it, I, I again, one of those cases where I talked myself into. Okay, talked myself out of Timberlake, who I really liked, kind of going into it. Got myself back on Muth. Loved it. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I think I think he's going to win." I really liked it. Even after the race, I'm like, "He ran pretty good." It's just fierceness was unbelievable ran yeah. like what is a 105 buyer he got for the race just incredible this is when i became i mean i was not even in the ballpark of you but i was pissed because i'm like i saw this horse win in person you did too i bet him big in the next time out in the champagne and he was beyond awful everyone you asked everyone you talked to there was no reason to why it happened you know, and everyone said, well, I guess you just hated the slop. Well, he won in the slop. So let's stop that narrative. I know someone's going to put it in the chat. So I'll just go ahead and stop that. It's just like there was no him winning, I guess, when it wasn't the absolute shock. I mean, it was still surprising, but like to win like that by a pole <laughs> and beat the shit out of Muth, who, like I said, ran what he, I don't know what Muth, someone maybe can help me out what his actual buyer was, but let's say he ran like a 98 or something like that. Like, that wins most years in the juvenile. This is the race that broke me. Um, I I had fierceness on top for a lot of the week, and I just I ended up changing and I ended up just throwing him off. I, I I really did my research. I asked everybody I knew, was there any kind of problem found with fierceness? Anything at all? And they were like, no, we just, we don't have any idea. We just don't have any idea why he did that. And end of the day, it's on me. Uh, I talked to John White about it a lot the night after uh, when we saw him on Saturday night. And he said, look, with two-year-olds, man, if, you, if, they, if they run one bad race, you, and you, but you really still love them, even though they ran that one bad race, 
stick with them for another one. And if they run another bad one, then you start get away from them. But you know, I've done that in the past and it's bit me. I, I just, I, I can't believe, uh, I, I changed. I can't believe I didn't use them at all. And more importantly, I, I am in utter disbelief at how good he was. He was, this was one of the best juvenile performances we've seen talking about the breeders cup juvenile specifically a 105 buyer. I mean, will win a lot of breeders cup races for older horses. And he won a, the, the two-year-old race with it. And look, I kind of felt bad for Samich who was all over Muth. Muth ran fine. He ran really well. And I see people in the chat where, you know, Muth, Muth screwed me is I'll, I'll censor that. <laughs> didn't really screw you at all. Muth ran as well as you could possibly hope he could run. He got beat by a horse that just was out of his freaking mind. And so hats off to fierceness in, in the Todd Fletcher camp. That horse was just incredible. Uh, I don't know if he can do that again going forward, but he was unbelievable. You watch this race back. There's nothing phony about it. He was absolutely fantastic. Dude. Um, let's see. Let me pull it up here while we're, um, so he got a one Oh five. Yeah. Booth got a 95 buyer. I mean, that's honestly, if you're back in Muth, that's probably what you expected he would run, right? And guess I mean, what? If if Muth would have ran a 104 buyer, y'all still would have lost. And that's insane when yeah. you think about that. I mean, that's that's crazy. And yeah, it's and it, it, I want people to like to to think of it this way. Like if you're pissed and you're like, I can't believe I didn't have that, or you know, I talked myself out of it, or whatever. I mean, obviously there's a chance you could have it, but like the owner, Ripoli, literally said, like, we had no idea how he would run. But like me, he's like, me and me and the Todd Pletcher talked about it. We're like he could run, you know, up the track, or he could win by five, and neither one would surprise us. And if that's not horse racing or a, you know, this situation in a nutshell, I don't know what it is. Like he they literally had no idea. And and that's you know look at both of his races prior to that race. One he won by the stretch, and the other one he never even got started. And maybe he's just a weird horse. Um, there's really not a lot of re- like my thoughts were is like okay maybe he's got issues like with confidence, meaning like maybe if he maybe he got discouraged in the second race, and I just was fearful that that would happen here because of kind of the talent that was in the race, and clearly. <laughs> Clearly, it did not. Yeah. I, th- listen, I, I, I've seen Kevin B. You've commented on, hey, the tracks were different. Saratoga, Muddy versus the monsoon that was at Belmont, the Big A that day. And you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But horses that, like, hate a track don't just quit. That's that's the thing. It, it wasn't because he hated that track that day. If he would have ran, like, third and he's just, like, spinning his wheels, but he's trying, it's just like, hey, he just can't get a hold of the surface. Sure. It wasn't the track that made him absolutely just stop. I mean, you go back and watch this again. And again, when I saw it, I thought he bled. There's no question in my mind he bled. And I know guys that will give me that answer straight up if he did or if he didn't. I asked him, no. And I asked three different people, and I asked a couple times. I said, are you sure? Yeah. Please don't, like, are you not covering up anything? They're like, no, we don't know. He said, and they, one of them said, hey, that's why we're, t- we're sending him, because we just don't know what happened. So it's like, hey. Take a shot, you know. That just didn't sound like confidence to me. It sounded to me like an owner that really just wanted to go run at the Breeders' Cup. It's kind of his MO, kind of what he wants to do. No, I mean, that's not a knock, but that's just what it is. That's reality. Mm-hmm. 
I just don't know why that happened. And and like you said, if he was discouraged that day, I mean, he was up against better horses here and didn't get discouraged, like he just said. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was unbelievable. Um, I just hats off if you played him. You're smarter than me if you did. And uh, just hats off to the horse, man. He was he was awesome. I mean. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about a few things for this race because this obviously is it was a derby a derby prep race. This was uh, obviously a big probably a big factor that's going to go into the two year old of the year. Um, one, what do you do with him? What do you do with fiercest? That is like, what is he? Is he the the one hundred five buyer horse that put up what was it, like a ninety eight or ninety nine buyer on debut? Um, or is he the horse that you can't trust? The horse that is, I mean, is he, in a nutshell, is he Forte? Well, I mean, he's ran three times and he, in two of the times he's looked like the best horse in his crop. So I, I, I guess that's the majority of the time you could say he's ran. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to draw a line through the champagne and think that he's pretty darn good. I mean, I know this, if he can run a one Oh five buyer throughout the, early part of next year. I mean, he's yeah. the favorite to win the Derby. Now I'm not saying he's going to, I'm just saying if he can, he's a lot better than anything else we've seen. And that's, that's not really a knock on those other horses. That's just the laying out the facts of it. Let's go through just, just because of the implications here. Um, kind of go through this field a little bit as far as um, who ran and what, how they ran fierceness, obviously uh, great moots. I don't, take anything away from him. I think he's a horse that's going to get, continue to get better and probably dominate, um, out there on the West coast. Uh, he just, I mean, I think he's a nice horse. I just don't think he's that right now, that top level locked, I think is, uh, well, let's okay. talk about locked. And uh, by the way, Prince of Monaco is not, not as he's a sprinter. Um, he's a one turn yeah. horse for sure. Um, but locked and Timberlake, I thought were, Especially Timberlake, very disappointing. You've bet Timberlake, so I'll let you kind of talk about him. But uh, and Locked is just one of those that feels like he's like out of the picture, and then he kind of makes a little bit of run. Like he might. I saw. I think Dennis commented. He's like Tappet Trice of this year. Yeah, Timberlake, no good. Uh, Locked. He he just didn't seem well most of the race. He didn't just he didn't seem very happy most of the race. Once Locke kind of got running, he ran okay, but yeah, but he doesn't ever. He's not. He's not one of those performances where you're like, oh man, oh man, you know, next time, or he's just kind of like, yeah, he's not, he's not bad. He's just what it is. We've we've been through it with these two year olds, and then they turn three year old on the dirt when they close like that, and that's kind of it, it's just kind of it's the same story, isn't it? Right? It's just yeah. like drop back, make a run. If they come back to him enough, he'll win. If it's a weak enough field, he'll win an elite race, everything's really got to go right for him to win. You know, he's not, he's not going to catch horses that are, that, that are still running down the lane very often when he drops that far back. Now, you know, if he can show a little bit more of a tactical, you know, positioning and in, in, in races as a three-year-old and mature, he's got a shot because he does have talent, but that running style, it's, it's always going to put you up against it. Um, you know, a bigger disappointment for me, it was, you know, it was more of a price play. Like as far as it was wind me up, I thought that was a pretty, pretty sad performance for a horse that I thought, you know, if you liked Muth, like I thought wind me up might be a horse that could take him, you know, quite a ways. And that horse just was never got close to the lead. And then once he didn't, he was done and then noted, it's like, why was this horse even in the race? That's another one of those where you're like, what do you okay, think about it this way? Noted was a lower price than fierceness. 
and it's the same barn. So it's like, what does that tell you? Well, I wonder why. Look at the jockey situation. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the other thing, and that that was the last straw. I read jumps off this horse to ride noted. I mean, yeah, and I know like we were like told, oh no, they didn't jump off. Like they repla- no, that's you, BS. Yeah, <laughs> you can have a chance to have Irad on your horse. You're getting Irad. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that was to me was just it was wild. Uh, I'm with you. Um, yeah. By the way, we kind of we've kind of skimmed over it probably because we didn't hit anything. But uh, since the the first race where I did hit because you didn't you missed it, yeah. we both swung and whiffed on Tamara. You had fifty to win on her. I had a straight exact to her over Candied. Um, we both had low small win bets in the seventh, and then here in the eighth, you had a win bet on Timberlake. Obviously, that did not hit. I tried to yeah. get creative and play a ten, uh, a Muth over three eight general partner and uh, wind me up to try to juice it up. Obviously, Muth didn't win or those horses even sniffed the board. So we were kind of swinging and missing after that first race. We go to race nine here, um, which kind of, well, it's interesting. You and I both scratched into the winner here. Um, it was the juvenile turf. Unquestionable was unquestionably good. He was, uh, and, and clearly once the morning, once we found out that the, the scratch horse of river timber, which by the way, it sounds like not, Aiden was not happy about the scratch, and we've seen that we saw that a few times um, uh, the weekend. And Ryan Moore jumps off, switches, goes to unquestionable. This horse looked like a beast, and we both switched our bets. I can't remember. You had a win bet on River Timber. I had a exact there. I was playing River Timber over unquestionable straight, and I just put to put it on on the win there because I just at that point it's like. I don't think he this horse is going to lose. I th- obviously thought he was second best, and without the other one in there, he wins. And it was really, uh, it was really uh, not that close. No, I had the exacta too. So I, I oh, honestly, okay. the way Aiden talked, this probably cost us money, even though we hit it because I think River Ty- he said River Tiber would have won. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that exacta would have came in for us. But it doesn't matter. Yep. We we this started the at least for me, it started the whole turn, kind of turnaround. I know you had a positive day because of this one, and I I just kind of got back or got on the board. To me, this was just no doubt. Like, if you read the the comments I had before this race, uh, you know, River Tiber unquestionable, and it's a big gap to the rest. That was my opinion here. So when River Tiber scratch, it's like unquestionable to win. I think they'll be way back. I think he's going to dominate, and he did. And so this was the first one where it's like, okay, here we go. We got a little something going. Um, we got through this day without just getting totally killed here and uh, it's on to Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. When I saw that quote too, I was like, oh man, because I think he was going to win and we were on the right horse. That's the reason why Ryan Moore was on that horse. Um, but, but at the end of the day, at least we had unquestionable in the race because when the scratch happened and Ryan Moore switched over, I thought, well, that's, he's, there's no way that horse is losing now. I have, I am so confident in that and I wish I would have bet more. Um, but it, you're right. I was kind of on the fence there. I was teetering, um, and not really a big win bet guy. Um, but the win bet saved me on, 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 uh, on Friday. It kept me alive, you know, gave me a little bit of uh positive ROI. I believe I had like a 27% ROI on, yeah, on set on Friday. So it was like nothing great. I only bet 115, but it was like, okay, that gives me a little bit of ammunition. It gives me a little bit of confidence. I even like these rate, you know, the ones I hit, I was like, I wasn't super confident in that anyways, give me confidence heading into the next day. I, I felt pretty good, honestly, after this one, because 
you know, when you really, when you settle down and look at it and just go, well, look, you, you liked fierceness. You just made a horrible decision. So get over yourself there. You had a couple of horses in good spots. They just didn't run. That tends to even out in horse racing. So I felt pretty good when I woke up Saturday that, you know, I wasn't just completely blowing this. It was just, just little dumb mistakes. And so, and then, yeah, I mean, we'll get to Saturday. What a, it was an all timer. Even with the hangover, you still felt good. I felt pretty good still. Yeah. And I think that was the, the best sign of all. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of, we, uh, we head into Saturday. So let's see Friday. I was up 27%. You were down 55% ROI on Friday. So we head in to Saturday and you talk about kicking things off with a bang, start off the breeders cup with not just a race that was important to us, uh, for this, for the betting purposes, but, we talked about him in the opening, probably solidified his horse of the year honors. Cody's wish just ran an incredible race. And dude, we were, we, we were, we said like right there, the top of the stretch kind of into the turn there and far turn. And you could see him making his move and you knew national treasure wasn't going to give it up easily. And even though it looked like he had him measured the whole way in terms of Cody's wish getting there, it was a battle. And Cody's wish had to gut it out and really ran a huge race. It, it, this was one where when it happened, you're like, did, did Cody's wish not run very well at all? Um, or, or, or what? Because how did he barely beat national treasure? Then you start, you know, watching the replay and looking at the times and you're like, actually national treasure ran just huge. And Cody's wish and him were well clear of everybody else. I mean, this was just an unbelievable horse race. And you were right. It it really felt like, oh boy, we're in big trouble here. We're going to get beat. Like national treasure is going to beat Cody's wish. And even at the wire, I thought he may have came back. So yes, it, it was one of those that you, because it, it was like you said, it was hard live, but when you watch the replay, you're like, okay, well he's, he's gets the lead and he's going to just pull away. And National Treasure fought back. I mean, he ran a great race for a horse that, you know, was kind of cutting back there to the mile. And um, then there was a then the, then there was the inquiry, and we were like, it was a long one too. You're like, there's no way they take Cody. Like they they cannot take this horse down for a Baffert horse. The place would have been burned to the ground if they would have happened. Yeah, it was crazy. I and like said, you didn't really take it too serious. We were texting people like John, and he said, "Oh, they're not going to take him down. No, no DQ, basically." And but the longer re, you know, you guys know how it is. The longer that DQs go, oh, it's like that's usually a sign they're going to take him down. And I, I just kept thinking, "Holy cow, they're going to take this horse down, and we are going to have a mutiny on our hands here at Santa Anita." And it would have been bad. I know the, a lot of people uh, we were sitting by were kind of starting to get antsy, so. Didn't happen. Um, looked like just kind of mutual bumping back and forth by both of them. Looked like National Treasure came out at first. And then Cody's Wish kind of came came in, and then it was just what it was. I, I think the fact that it was such a, a close race maybe have them, had them kind of think about it a little more. But end of the day, it was the right call. Yeah, there to me, there wasn't enough one way or another. I thought it was pretty much race, you know, uh, kind of race riding and kind of, you know, neither, jo neither jockey was was – doing anything, you know, uh, to try to, you know, no hurting happening or anything like that. Yeah. So it was like, to me, it was, it was right to leave him, And obviously, um, uh, uh, made the story even better there, but it was, it's always good to see too, that charge it ran the exact same race. He runs every single time. 
there's a lot of dead money, you know, here with horses, <laughs> horses like charge it being one of them horses like Zozo's being one of them. It's just like, they're just, they're not who we hoped they were, <laughs> you know? And, and to be honest, national treasure was dead money too, uh, going into the race as far as I was concerned, but my goodness, I don't know where that came from, but he national treasure, if he could do that every time he would, he would be very hard to beat next year, but I, I don't know where that came from. And by the way, not that it probably would have mattered, but it probably would have only made it look better for Cody's wish. Cause, but I don't know the decision that flow made there was like, why is Zozos not on the lead? I don't know. It seemed, seemed crazy to me. If you backed Zozos, um, I know so much like Zozos, like I don't, again, I don't know that it made a difference ultimately, but saying like, kind of like earlier when I said, like, if I would have said, you know, if you had told me Ushba's in last, I'm not betting him. Well, if, if you told me Zozos is, you know, in fifth, fourth like you're not betting them right the only reason you're picking that horse is you think he's going to try to go gate to wire so interesting move there Um, i literally have no idea how you can't put zozos on the lead if you read that racing form that is that is there for you to go get the lead and and maybe it doesn't work out that way because maybe you and natty t like like knock heads and it's a big problem but before the race you read the racing form zozos has to go period and you gotta and you gotta think Brad's like he's he knows Cody's in the race. He's got to say if there's only yeah he's got, you you have to assume he's telling Flo the only way we're winning this is that we're going right because he knows Zozo's isn't any good. But how does a course that is that isn't very good win a race when they have early speed? They yeah. steal it on the front end. So just he's, go do that. He said it before the classic. I don't know if you heard it over like they were interviewing him like and they're they're talking about Saudi and he's like, well, there's no secret we're going. You know, we're gonna try to go. And it's like, yeah, he knows that. The horse probably can't win, but the way we do win, as you say, like you steal it. Like you're not going to sit off of the pace and be like, Oh, Zozo's that's the pay. That's the race we wanted with them. Um, but no. Okay. So, uh, you, uh, you had, you, you hit that one because you were cheering for Cody's wish. Right. Yeah. And you cash. Uh, I kicked off a pick three there. I played a a straight, almost a straight, uh, cold uh, pick three with Cody's wish. I played the two, uh, euros in this next league. And then I, uh, singled, uh, good night, Olive, in the next one, which obviously cash. So this was a good kind of start to the uh, this a really hot start for me. Um, let's go to race number four, which was easily kind of the the best, uh, the biggest bet if we if you add in Halterman and I together, um, the biggest uh, cash out you had in the Bible. This was the uh, juvenile or Philly and Mayor Turf, um, and really it, it's one of those races that it went all like you expected <laughs> even yeah. though it did, if you, the finish did right the the result was was a little bit more uh nerve-wracking but in spiral i mean i really loved this horse going in i thought warm heart was clearly the second best of the race uh, i didn't get you know anything creative i just thought those were the two best i played them i played a cold exact there in spiral six over two and uh the, the key of this race halterman and why we got almost 15 to one on that exacta, which is insane to me. Yep. Is because in Italian was in the race in Italian. What took so much money of that exacta, whether you had her on top, whether you had her in second, but yep. that money on, on in Italian is what made that payout kind of uh, happen for us. Yep, absolutely. And I, I definitely, uh, I, my opinion on it. And I know yours as well. Cause you, we have very similar bets here. 
if an Italian can't beat Gina Romantica and if an Italian can't beat White Beam, that's who she lost to in the last two races, she's not holding off in Spiral and Warm Heart. It's just not going to happen. And it wasn't so much I, I dislike an Italian or I think she's trash or, you know, things like that. It's just these other horses were just better than she was. And so, look, I, I was watching Warm Heart and I could tell she was on the inside. She was going to get through. She was in a great spot. And so about, oh, mid-stretch, it's okay, Warm Heart's there. Where the hell is in Spiral? And I look, and it's like, ah, she's still, like, in behind. She's kind of struggling. She tips out. And this was the best performance, other than maybe August Rodin. But, I, I mean, when, yeah. when in Spiral tips out and gets going, I'm watching it, and I'm going, okay, I have a box to six. I'm perfect. There's no way she's not getting second. But getting to Warm Heart is going to be really hard. And who I got, knew who got the Augusta Rodin trip, like perfect Her, trip. She got the perfect trip, save all the ground, absolutely perfect. No way she should lose the race. Oh, shit. Here is a, the probably the best source to run at the freaking Breeders' Cup. In Spiral's last 50, 100 yards of this thing, God, I mean, if you haven't watched it, unfreaking believable run by her. Uh, yeah, so I, I I was just super impressed by uh, Inspiral. I mean, this was just a, a, an absolutely unbelievable uh, last fifteen hundred yards for for and to beat a horse that is a really nice horse that got a really nice trip. Just you're right, man. It just once you got sorry, you know, and she obviously you know the jockey is good, you know silks that are very easy to follow, and so once you saw her tip out, you're like, okay, here she comes, and like you said, I was thinking the same thing. Can she get there? You know, will she get there? And man, she just ate up the ground. And we have magic. By the way, if you know, Shadi was doing a lot of our like social media and reels and stuff. So if you you saw some of those videos, I mean, Shadi, you can tell them. It's on. I think it's on. You know, TikTok and maybe on you on on our Instagram. But um, she, you know, that was the thing too. Like you never knew when she was filming. So uh, I didn't know she was doing this. But you watch the recap. She's behind me. I didn't. I don't. Know, I think this is the way we all were. There was no sound other than magic with the binoculars going. Uh, you know, he's two six, two six, yeah. two six, two six, six two. You know, that basically is how it went. And and yeah. we're silent. I'm silent. I don't make them. I don't move until the wire. And then I got. You know, obviously, we were we were just jumping up and down. We were so pumped because um, that was a huge daymaker bet for um, for us for me. Uh, that exacta paid, I cannot believe that exacta paid that big. That exacta uh, paid $345 profit, $345 for that exacta. Um, it was just, and then of course, I'm live to good night all of in the in the pick three, which you know, cash, which wasn't a huge play, but still just an unbelievable performance. In spiral, was the what's in spiral, even though Cody's wish happened, in spiral for me was like, okay, this is gonna be a day. This is going to be a day. This got us. I mean, you were ahead, but you know, and, and I was behind and this guy's both in the black and it almost, and it got us both to where like, well, we, we don't have to do anything else the rest of the day. And at least we're not going to have a horrible breeders cup now. Like that's what one race that the breeders cup can do when you press an opinion like that. And it comes in now, fortunately for both of us, we still had really good days uh, after this as well. But this kind of was the, the two races that really kicked off. and, this was the, the first two races where you kind of looked at, man, the stars really showed up. And that's always a lot of fun when you, you, you're you ready to see this. Like, I'm so jacked to see in Spiral and Warm Heart, and they fired with those big races. 
Well, it just goes to show you too, like it's the Breeders' Cup. We talk about it every year. I feel like, uh, but we, you, you, I mean, this wasn't. This was a. This was an opinion that wasn't hard to get to. I mean, so it's not like I'm like we reinvented the wheel here by saying no. I, I hit this exacta. Yeah, paid fifteen to one. You know, yeah. it, it's yeah. all you gotta do is have an opinion and press that opinion, or you know, just have belief in what that opinion is, and and when you hit him it's a day maker, you know, yep. um, it, it's a, it's a Breeders' Cup maker. It was a huge day. Um, and obviously that was a huge part of that. So let's go to the next one here. Um, race number five, by the way, kind of like in Italian, it was unfortunate. Like she definitely is like, she just isn't the same horse. I mean, and we've seen that the last couple, but this one was pretty clear. Yep. yep. Let's go to race number, uh, number five. This was the Philly and mare sprint. Not a huge surprise here. Good night, all of you and I. I know you loved her on, on Saturday. This was your most likely winner of the card. She proved you very right because, man, she was good. I thought she ran maybe the best race of her career, really. It was just a no, no, it was a no doubter. It was kind of like elite power later in the card. It was never a doubt. Like She just ate them up. It was a really nice performance. Yep, never in doubt. Got the perfect trip, sat right where she needed to, let those two horses kind of go at it up front, zoom by them like it was no problem, and then held them off. I mean, again, and I I just can't stress enough, even if you watch a race live and you think, I don't need to watch that again, I got a really good idea of of what I saw. Before they race again and you're handicapped, go watch it. I mean, you just, that that was it. I mean, uh, and not to say that, hey, getting to Goodnight Olive would have been some kind of impossibility, but playing her in the way I did, this was also a, a single for me in the early pick five uh, that they cashed. Right. And, and why did that, why did I single her there is because of that replay and just how strong she looks. So again, it's not like I reinvented the wheel and there's no way I could have gotten to her, but didn't have that confidence of this is the easiest winner of the day. You ha- you get that from watching that replay back and, she's just simply a lot better than the rest of the field. I mean, and that's, that's what it was. And she's, I mean, she's obviously very good as well, but this, this is just a field that she's better than period. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, so you talked about you 15 to one on that exact in the last race. And you listen, like I didn't think Cody's wish was losing. And again, like I was right. So there's plenty of times you're wrong, but I didn't, I love Cody's wish. I didn't think good night. All was losing. I thought one of the euros would win for sure. The, the, the race we just talked about. That pick three, it's like it, it it pays fifteen to one, you know, and it's just I mean, it's not like it's not awesome, right? I would you you know, you, but still, it's like you're picking Good Night Olive, you're picking Cody's Wish, and you're picking a Spiral, yep. and it paid fifteen to one, and that's how you make money on days like this, where you think, well, and rather than being like, well, I just I'm not I'm gonna just play, you know, I'm playing pick three, but I'm gonna play like some long shots in there and just hope it hits because I want to. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta you know. Suck down the 15 to one. And uh, so to me, this was, yeah, I had a win bet on her. Uh, obviously you did too. Hit the pick three as well. So I, I just, I mean, from there on, once good night, all across the wire, hell, even before the wire, I was like, okay, <laughs> this day is, this day is over. Yeah. Like hopefully, you know, hopefully, which by the way, I never hit another race, um, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is key because sometimes all it takes is one. In this case, it took three. Uh, but I didn't hit, I lost my next six bets, um, in the betting Bible, but it didn't matter because I still made $364 on the day off of a $225, uh, wagering day. But sometimes it's all it takes is one race. Um, by the way, let's talk about society. 
and her two to one. <laughs> two to one. I mean, no problem. Good night, all of you know, being the heavy favorite, but two to one. People still love this horse, and it's like it's so adamantly clear with her that if it's a good race, she clearly cannot hang on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's, just it's it. I mean, it's. I didn't think she was awful in this race, but I mean, if you if you're if you're betting society at two to one in this field, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. You know, you, yeah. you just need a little bit more on that. But honestly, her being two to one kind of tells you it just wasn't that good of a race. Yeah. Like, you know, who else were they going to bet? I guess is kind of what I'm saying here. I, I didn't think she was awful, but, you know, she's just not she's not that type. No, that's fair because, like, really, what are you? I mean, Matarea. I mean, I, I, I would have rather bet Matarea at seven to one versus two to one on Society. I know that, but well, yeah, she really, was bad. That she was, she was really bad. She was bad. That was not. I mean, not expected at all. But uh, all right, let's go to race number six. This was a dude. This was. This is when you knew, like, okay, not only is this going to be a good day, but like, we are seeing some freaking stars run today. Like, yeah. We are seeing them show out. This is the Breeders' Cup mile. And the favorite went off a song line from Japan. And, you know, I backed her. I had her as my uh, most likely winner of the day. And, um, you know, didn't run awful. Just kind of spun her wheels late in the race and didn't really make up the ground. But Master of the Seas, Maj, the Godolphin Blue, Exacta. Casa Creed runs up there for third, but Ma- I didn't think Master Seas was ever going to get there. Maj did ran her ass off, and it was just an unbelievable finish. I mean, this was one of the best finishes of the day. Yeah, Maj was uh, incredible and just couldn't could not hold off Master of the Seas. I mean, this uh, what a race this was, man. And I, I back song line, so did you. And I, I just thought, man, I thought she was in a good spot. Then she started to spin her wheels. It's like, okay, well, who's going to win this thing? And I thought Maj for the longest time. I thought Maj even when they hit the wire. And uh, like I said, boy, all credit goes to Master C's way out there from that 14 post to be able to come in there and win was was just, I mean, it was just an awesome finish. And even though I didn't, this was one of the bets that didn't hit, I didn't really care all that much because it's like, man, that was a great race. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, that exact pace, 20 to 1, 1990. 20 to 1. I mean, it's like you you pick two good often horses, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's not rocket science, but twenty to one. I, I is one of the like at this point, I thought, well, if if up to the mark run, if he wins, obviously no matter what, but if he wins, he is locked in horse of the year after the yep. way Master Seas just ran. Yep, yep. Because I mean, that's a huge a, a huge weight. Obviously, beating a Breeders' Cup winner, Master of the Seas is a horse that I'm a little frustrated with in terms of like me personally, just because I I, 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 mean, I talked a lot about this on on other shows, but you know I re like I pressed him really hard last time when he got beat, and I think you know I I, I soured on him a little bit, and I get that he was still three to one, it's not like he was crazy, but I I probably should have been more on him here. Um, Versus shifting all the way off, but uh, I mean, what can he? I mean, he was a low price, so I, I took a shot. But yeah, Songline, um, Songline was disappointing. So for for a you know, for for these stars, what we you know we saw in Spiral, and we saw Augusta Rodin later, and we saw Master of the Seas here, Maj. Like 
saw a lot of the stars show out. We saw the you know the juvenile the day before. Songline just didn't Japan got shut out, by the way, in the two yep. days, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um yeah, Songline was there's no no real excuses, just didn't didn't run great. No, didn't pick up her feet too much. And then, you know what, towards the end, she started to a little bit. So I don't know. Maybe she just didn't handle it all that well. But like I said, man, I, Master of the Seas for me, the 14 hole was kind of the last straw. Like I thought, ah, third or fourth. I, you know, I, I was with you. I didn't think he would be quite good enough. They drew the 14. I thought, ah, yeah. I just, I'm not going to do it. And then he wins it. So, and hats off to him because that, that was really, really tough to win that race from where he was. And again, he's another horse that beat a horse that had a pretty darn good trip. I thought Maj's trip was pretty darn good and just, she deserved to win, man. She just, she's got nipped. She ran really well. Um, that's one of those that, you know, Godolphin's like, doesn't matter, right? Yep. We're not worried about the, 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 uh, the photo. Cause we go want it, but, um, Gina romantic too. shout out to her finished fourth, a horse that's kind of obviously kind of found her, her calling a little bit. She's kind of turned it around these last few races and, uh, you know, nothing to be ashamed about that finish. Um, just got beat but Gina romantic is a nice horse i assume is she gonna keep running i imagine I she will. I, I don't know why they would wouldn't she'd be she'd be a nice horse next year um but yeah, yeah Gina romantica uh nice way to end the season all right let's go to race number seven um this was the distaff and uh I don't know if you wrote it in here. Um, yeah, this is the race I probably care the least about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, not that's, I guess, fair. Like, um, this is just, it wasn't an exciting race kind of going into it. And it kind of turned out to be that way. Idiomatic, once again, I mean, she wins. I mean, t- I, this has been, I, I don't know. To me, I've been, can't quite figure her out. Like, I mean, I get it. She's winning races and she's had a hell of a year. But it just feels like every time, like you have this thing in your head, like, well, if there would have been like a horse, anybody, something, yeah, like they would have won. You look and and it never happens. It doesn't materialize. Even Clarierre, you got you. Okay, this is it. Like Clarierre's in the race. This horse, this race has a ton of speed. It's got pace. Who's your filly? Uh, randomized, idiomatic. Like they're, they're gonna go. And what does Claire Air do? She does Claire Air things, right? She she goes way out of it for the start, and she kind of makes a move and weaves in and out, and then just doesn't have anything left. And so typical Claire Air. And idiomatic, just like we talked about, like she begged for anybody to pass her, and no one did. Yeah, sometimes you watch a race and you go, you go, oh man, that speed horse just just was fighting, man. They just held him off. And sometimes you watch and you go, well she was begging for somebody to get by her and they just wouldn't do it. That's what it was. I, I mean, they just, they just simply could not get to her. They could not get past her. And gosh, Clary air. I thought she had a real good shot and she just kind of started <laughs> spinning her wheels. Leda Vita is a horse. I really liked it. Uh, and I thought she had every shot to get there and couldn't do it either. It, I, I said it when they, when they drew the race and we were on the show, I said, this is the race. This is the popcorn race. I'll probably not watch it. I'll just go do, things i need to do you know before the big one actually gets here and that's what it was it just wasn't it, it, like all credit to idiomatic to hold on but this was just not a very good race and look the, i don't care about buyers but <laughs> when 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 a breeders cup winner <laughs> on saturday saturday gets a 95 buyer and wins i mean it, it just shows you this this yeah. level or this race was not like all the other races we watched on saturday 
That's why I'm like, everyone, you know, like Idiomatic deserves to be in the finalist for Tours of the Year. And I'm just like, no, I, she doesn't actually. I, I mean, I, I'm just not, I haven't been impressed with any, I mean, it's hard. It's one of those things I feel bad even saying because she's done almost nothing but win. But it's just, this has been a terrible division all year and it's proven to be that. I think she's the best of a bad bunch. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in that, uh, in that belief there. Uh, by the way, I saw two shoddy wet paint. Yeah, she was bad. You, she was really bad. She is bad. She is bad, but did you, did you think she would run second to last? I mean, with the pace, I thought she would pick up some pieces. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point, but I just, yeah, by the way, I saw it too, Rodney. Yeah. Pretty mischievous. May have won this thing. I mean, if she's any good, I mean, that's the best thing. If anybody was just any good in this race, they would have won. Yeah, but they weren't. <laughs> they were not. Um, let's just bypass this race because this race sucks. Great. But um, all right, <laughs> let's go. By the way, uh, we did not hit that. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go to race number eight, the Breeders' Cup Turf. This was hell of a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Rodine. It was really, you know, for us, it was it kind of similar to the race, um, uh, the mile earlier where it's like, okay, you know, um, or not the mile, the, the, the Philly mares, where it's like, which one of the Euros do you want? You know, is it Augusta Rodin? Is it Moussadef? Is it Warm Heart or Inspiral? We chose poorly on this one. Yeah. I, you know, we, you and I both like Moussadef. Um, the other option was Augusta Rodin, obviously, and uh, went off the favorite. Um and just showed why he was the favorite. He nothing you can really say. I, it was very clear to me that most def did not like. You know, the question kind of going into the race was the mile and a half. What that going to do? You know, and that clearly was enough, right? Because when the real running kind of started, and it looked like he was that here he comes, he just flattened completely out. And good horses like him don't do that unless they just clearly were out of uh, out of gas. But I guess the Redeen, I don't think anybody was going to beat him. Um, the way he ran and the trip he got Ryan Moore, just an unbelievable trip, unbelievable day for Ryan Moore, but um, up to the mark, we talked a lot about him earlier up to the mark, ran a huge race, huge race to get second. Yeah, absolutely. Ran extremely well. And, and look, I, 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 at the end of the day, I was back and forth between the five and the nine, you know, uh, and and I just said, look, I'm a box them in my bat and I'm apply just the five or the nine in the pick five. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, one of them were going to win. I just didn't know which one. And so anyway, tried to play that box and it didn't work out because, uh, you know, Mustadef just didn't run a step really just, just didn't fire. But August Rodin did. Holy cow. Did he, I mean, he got a great trip and, uh, just the way he starts to lengthen that stride when he makes, uh, his move in the stretch is really something, uh, incredible. So I, I thought the five was just, I mean, he probably was the best horse that ran all day. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Like I said, didn't didn't hit the bat, but at least was smart enough to just go too deep and get through this race in the pick five. Yeah, I mean, and I, I want to be very clear, Rodney, too, is like for anybody that, you know, it's like, I, yeah, he got an awesome trip, but he, he also did. was a superior horse. Like, it wasn't like, oh, the tri- he didn't trip out by any means. I mean, this was... This is one of those that you don't even get mad about picking if you pick, you know, I, I had nine five straight, you know. I was like, well, shit, man. I would have been wrong even if most if, if most def probably would have ran his race because I didn't think that horse ran. Yep. You know, you're I was right earlier. I was very right. And I was wrong on this one when it comes to trying to pick those uh, uh Europeans. And that's sometimes that's what happens here. 
Yeah. I mean, he was, he was just awesome. I mean, he was just awesome. And, and again, it's like, I think a lot of it for me is you realize you've been in this long enough to know when you see a really like great performance. And I, that's just kind of what we saw from the top two horses really. And it's just like, yeah, I wish it would have came in five, nine, but it didn't. And it's like, it's whatever, because man, that was really something. So, and again, it, it's just a, it was just a horse that's, he's just, I mean, he's got to be top three, four, five in the world. He really, I mean, he's that good. Yeah. He's three-year-old and, uh, you know, the, they kind of talked about after the race that they're, they're planning on, uh, at least initially planning, they're going to talk it through, but that hopefully we'll see him, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this race next year. And, uh, we'll, you know, obviously what, what comes up between, um, now and then we'll see, but, uh, you imagine he'll be running all the big ones, um, overseas, but yeah, they, they did mention that they'd like to come back, um, with, with him as, you know, especially being, I mentioned, uh, on other shows prior, it's like, it's tough to have a three-year-old win this race and you have to be really, really good. And obviously he is. So, yep. um, I'm trying to think we're like goddess wasn't, just clearly kind of what we probably thought just wasn't good enough. King of Steel was a little bit disappointing, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, Gold Phoenix ran okay for, you know, definitely outran his, his odds. And the Japanese uh, horse, Shahir, ran a third at a big price at 25 to 1. But That horse yeah. ran pretty damn big, the Japanese yep. horse in here, yeah. I was going to say that I think that might be the most, like, the best Jap- Japanese horse, right? Oh, well, don't run so good, but never mind, yeah. never mind. We'll talk about him next. Second best. How about that? <laughs> All right. Speaking of, good segue into the classic. Uh, this was race number nine, the Reader's Cup Classic. You know, we've already kind of alluded to this. Uh, I think you know what happens, but why the Barrio rolls here at your as your two to five, two to five, two to one favorite. Two point six is actually what he paid. Uh, Derma Sotagaki, the other Japanese horse, ran huge, dude. Um, off the, the forever layoff, finished second at 26 to one. Proxy, anybody have that try? Anybody <laughs> have the Wide Barrio Derma proxy try? That he was 17 to one. That try, by the way, for 50 cents paid 450, so 900 try if you had that one. Uh, Arabian Night set the fractions, kind of did what we thought, right? Um, maybe ran a little less like you would have thought he would have held on more maybe um just went too fast you know help like he's i think he's a, i still think he's a really good horse i just think he you know he had a lot to ask of him in this race and the and the and the, the uh, fractions didn't do many favors yeah i think with arabian night he he is just like good not great and i think you could that's kind of what everybody is here except you know maybe the winner's turning into something a little bit more with white barrio Look, I mean, this is uh, exactly how I had it drawn up in my head. And like I said, sometimes that that works out and sometimes it looks awful once it gets to the actual race. But around the first turn, you know, White Barrio's stock in the pace there sitting right in that pocket, just a perfect spot. And I looked, I think his magic and uh, shoddy was by me. I said, he's, there's no way he's losing if he fires. <laughs> it's just, it's just in a perfect spot. And you know the the horses in front of him are, are, are seem like they they're kind of working and Wanda Barrio he is just gliding uh, mm-hmm. over that surface, top of the stretch. Magic is absolutely going insane, saying we're going to see something special, we're going to see something great. And boy, I, I I thought we were too. I thought we were going to see a twelve length win uh, at the top of the stretch. He was just poised to put on an absolute show. He got a little tired the last eighth of a mile. Talking about Wanda Barrio, I thought he kind of slowed it down a little bit. 
and that did allow Derma Sotagate to, I mean, not really scare you, but kind of give you a little bit of a, yeah, it's a run for your money a little bit, but uh, it never really was too big of a worry. So I do think the last eighth, he, he did slow down a little bit, but boy, when he, when he hit that top of the stretch, he looked absolutely loaded and he was loaded enough to get it done. So I was, I was, you know, super happy with this one. Um, you know, to pick the winner of the classic, uh, was, is always good for the website. And, uh, look, I, it was weird, right? Because last year you go into the classic and it's like, you're so confident flight line's going to win. You're not even hardly worried about it. I kind of felt like that two years ago with Nick's go. I didn't really expect to have that feeling this year yet. I did <laughs> so weird. And I, I've been on record here, you know, Hey, if you get the classic right this year, you're going to feel like you got away with one a little bit. And I do kind of feel like that because it, it, it was one of those races where you definitely could go a lot of different ways, but I don't know the last week, week and a half leading up to this race. I was pretty confident why Barrio would win. I didn't think um, about playing anybody else really once it came down to crunch time. Yeah. This one uh, for me was a little frustrating just because I, I'd kind of gotten myself talked to into the, that. I thought only two horses could win. And that was Ushba and Wada Barrio. And I, that's kind of how I played the exacto there. Three, eight over uh, three, eight, 11, 12. And so I, I, I wasn't like, shocked or like even felt wrong frankly that wide barrio won it was more like i was pissed that like one of those horses couldn't hold on for you know why or uh um raven knight couldn't hold on you know get a p i kind of thought yeah um he, that he would but uh still like him winning the race wide barrio was was no shock whatsoever and let's talk a little bit about and we and we i think we knew this or at least we believe this would happen and it certainly played that played out that way because we like we, we knew that Brad wanted to send Saudi, but we also knew Arabian night would be wanting to go as well. And that's what happened. And that really did a number on, on Arabian night was, was Saudi crown pressed on him on the outside. Now it, it, it looks maybe on paper that like, okay, Arabian night had that clear lead, but Saudi crown made him work for every bit of that first half of that race. Yeah. And that's a thing. I, it felt like that wasn't going to be the case until it was right. And so yeah. I, I do think Saudi crown really messed up any chance Arabian night had, uh, it, it just set it up really perfect for white Barrio and whoever else was behind him. Because when they came by us the first time, I kind of thought, Oh boy, uh, he's getting a great trip. Talk about, uh, Arabian night. Like, Ooh, this is nice. And when they got to where you were down on the first turn, it had flipped and was like, uh-oh, <laughs> Saudi's up there pressuring him. That's not good for his chances. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it it, uh, it it was unfolding well until it wasn't. But you know what? With Arabian Night, you had to get him to the lead. I really believe that. And I, I thought they did what they should have done, and then he just kind of got a little bit of bad luck that he got pressed like that. Yeah, it's uh, – I think it probably it, – more than anything, it, it factored in the of maybe me not hitting the exacta, you know, with him holding yeah. on just because he got – so it was just tired him out. Um, let's see. Let's look at some of these other ones. Maybe we can uh, – you know, Zandon. Yeah, Zandon didn't run great. I mean, I mean, it's Zandon, right? But he didn't, he didn't run his like, oh, he bangs up there for third. Proxy filled that in that void for us. Yeah, Proxy took his, his place. That's what you would think Zandon would have looked right. like. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I always get them not, I mean, I get them mixed up. It just in a sense, they're both one word. They're both kind of shitty. They both kind of bang up for, you know, for to hit pieces of races every once in a while and the, that kind of thing. And so you're like, oh, Proxy got third. And you're like, wait, wait, 
proxy got third, you know, well, it wasn't Zandon. And so, um, I, well, just on proxy, I was talking to, to Ryan after the rate, Ryan Stillman, who is a, a friend of ours. He doesn't like follow this 24 seven like we do. And he goes, who got third in the classic, you know? And I told him proxy. He's like, I, I gotta be honest. I forgot he was in the race. <laughs> and you know, it's like, he's a 13 horse. It's like, yeah, what well, you know, but he ran really good, but he, he was one of those horses where just like, I forgot he was there, you know? Yeah, it's like I, I totally. I mean, even when you're handicapping the race, you kind of yeah. forgot he was in the race. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're like, oh shit, I keep forgetting to, to look at proxy. Um, Bright Future wasn't very good. Senior Rescuer, Dreamlike, all those weren't weren't very good at all. And then of course no. Clapton and Missed the Cut were not good at all. But that was the two highest highest priced horses in the race, and they never made a move. So um, overall, I thought the 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 uh, the classic. I mean, for all the talk of how shitty the year was and the older horses. And it, I mean, in a lot of cases it was, I, I mean, to me, it didn't disappoint. Why the Barrio was a huge, uh, huge race or a huge winner uh, of the day. And I, I thought, uh, serving, deserving to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, um, all right, let's go to the 10th. This is a, the uh, turf sprint. Our boy Nobles won the race. Uh, Notorious, which by the way, I, if you see here, I picked Notorious. I n- Never in a million years would I have bet this horse at uh, two to one, you know, mm-hmm. almost three to one there. Notorious. Him being the favorite was shocking to me. I did not expect that, that this horse to be pounded like this, yeah. but he was. Um, really didn't muster up much of a run there to late, but no balls. The horse uh, just gets up there over big invasion. I know you had in the air, which is a brutal beat for you. Pay twelve or was paying twelve to one. But let's talk a little bit about the winner here. No balls, a horse that you know I kind of had talked myself. Caraville, by the way, was really bad. Um, I'd kind of, I really wanted to pick no balls, but I thought the the reason why I wanted to was I thought, well, this is going to be, you know, I think he's he's fastest one. You know, like this is he's fastest one of the race, and maybe he just like still you know does this you know does his no balls thing, but. This horse comes off of it. Yep. And and gets up there and wins. It was crazy. Yep. Th- this was the my best race of the day. You know, uh they hit the try here for $558. This is the for 50 cent. I mean, this is one of the biggest tries I've ever hit in my life. And uh yeah, I was with you. I, I was watching this thing and thinking, when it's 12 horses sprinting, you really don't know where anybody is at any point. And it's like this is gonna fall apart, live in the dream is going to is is definitely going to fall out of this. He's just went too fast even though he's clear. So I'm I'm scaling back and trying to look for Big Invasion who I had a win on and gosh, he's he almost got there and he I can see okay, he's running really well. And I'm scaling back it's like, okay, where's Aesop's Fables? So that's the A horse. I'm like, okay, he's running really well. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get the Exacta, right? Cuz my thought theory in my head was I never saw no balls until he crossed the wire. My theory was, well, he's a part of that pace. He's going to be one that's fading. Then I kind of scale back to the front and it's like, well, there's a seven. And I'm thinking seven, one, eight, really, is this going to happen? You know? So it was incredible to watch this. And also, uh, you know, the pick fives alive to all four of the horses I used there in the try. And so it was great. We needed a price at this point. We got it. The only thing that could have made it better was big invasion winning. Um, but yeah, no balls winning was, was fantastic <laughs> i loved it. it both of them were 12 to 1 no balls a big invasion so it's just like for the pick five it worked and thankfully aesop's fable gets up for third uh and, and makes that thing go so that was this was um 
a race I, I never could have predicted would have been that much fun for me. Dude, and um, I was just looking up the, the the from the on Friday the big evs went twenty and forty three, and that was for uh, FI for lungs. And then in this race here, he went uh, and um, where's it at? There it is. He went twenty one and forty three. So he. Big Evs, as good as, and by the way, living the dream went, that's what we're talking about here, I'm talking about here, went, just flew. Think about that for a second. That's how fast Big Evs went. Well, he was right there on the race. That's how good Big Evs ran. But, um, but yeah, living the dream just went out there, blazed, went too fast. And I think that kind of set it up for why he had no balls coming off of it, why Big Invasion made that huge run, why Aesop's Fables kind of, you know, got up there for third and just completely, whereas Big Evs stayed on, Living the dream kind of spit the bit and finished fourth and really set it up for a horse like no balls. Who probably most times you wouldn't have assumed that he's going to win off of it. No. And that, that was a shot. Like I like I just said, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way he's up there. Cause in your head, it's like, okay, he's pressing yeah. the pace and you well, as soon as he's not on the lead or close to the lead early in the race, you just kind of write him off. He was like, well, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm looking at the form and I'm like the, the seven, that's him. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and again, he was just one, like I said, when there's 12 horses sprinting on the turf and you're live and at the track and you're actually, you're not watching the TV, you're watching the track. You have no idea where most of the horses are. You're trying to keep track of who you bet on basically. And that's it. And again, that's just, thank God he did it, man. Well, I guess not. Cause the one would have been good, good as well. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It was, it was uh, definitely a race. I, you know, that's the thing about racing confidence can be really good. And sometimes it can, it can, kind of fool you a little bit because this is not a race you had a ton of confidence in but it, it just set up exactly how you kind of thought it would it definitely did and uh yeah it was a huge um try for you uh getting in there hopefully some people played that in the in the bible but uh all right let's go to, let's finish the last race and this was uh this was another no doubter this was the sprint and a race number 11 i you know this one i just thought for me personally, I, I, I obviously I picked between, I was between three different horses at all one point. I had one point I had Goodnight, one point I had Speedwell Beach, and one point I had uh, Elite Power. I long for a long time I had Elite Power, and then just I just kind of talked myself into Speedboat Beach. I thought the speed would just be just too hard and to, to catch. And he tried, and he just went too fast. Went sub twenty two and forty four just blazed early and uh couldn't get couldn't couldn't uh, hold on at all and really this was a very uh you know like let's copy what good night all looked like it was one of those where i was like ah it's you're not beating this horse uh f- first of all <laughs> if you <laughs> for a lot drew may gave the worst ride in the history of racing just now at churchill downs so i just want to say that race a churchill downs the five horse go watch that back if you weren't watching while you're watching us the worst ride i've ever <laughs> okay. seen um anyway yeah this race you know what i kind of had some different things on top at different times in the end of the day i, I said you know <laughs> i'm just talking to myself here i said you know he's elite power has been the best horse all year long he, he every time you watch sprints where it's like okay they did a sprint at saratoga and then they did a sprint later at del mar you'd say well these east coast east coast sprinters are better right like they're just better 
so why am I all of a sudden going to ri- play like Speedboat Beach written by Mike Smith? And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to play Elite Power. If if I get beat, I get beat. But I just think he's the best horse. Now, how it plays out, Speedboat Beach gets no breathers, which was shocking. I thought he would he would have a better trip than that. And it's set up just beautifully for a closer, so it worked out. But at the end of the day, I think the forego did scare people, and it scared me for a long time, too, because I don't think he ran very well that day in the forego. But at the end of the day, the real elite power showed up. And honestly, he's just better than everybody else when he's when he's at his best. Yeah, ran almost a 108 flat, 108.34. Just absolutely flew home. And like you said, it set up perfectly. Um I, you know, and you you mentioned it a little bit as well, like going into it, why you kind of ultimately were against, you know, in a sense of on top uh, against Speedboat Beach. And that was because you said Bob Baffert is not going to put Mike Smith on like on this if he thinks this horse is going to win. Yeah. And that proved to be right. It, 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 it kind of turned into cheap speed, really. It it The jockeys just never made sense. I mean, you, you put Victor on him at first. And then, like, you've got top jockeys available that you use, and you put Mike Smith, and it's just like, I just don't see how that makes any sense either. And again, the, the biggest thing, though, more than anything else, is he didn't get the trip that you thought he would get, meaning no. you thought he'd be loose on the lead, and he never really got a breather in the race. So, look, no matter who's on the horse, if that's the case, it's going to be really tough for that horse to win, period. Certainly holding off a horse like that, um, yeah. and which didn't wasn't an issue at all but yeah he's a he's a champion sprinter no doubt elite power um just a hell of a year back to back by the way we we saw a bunch of them i think three right good night olive yep um elite power and cody's wish all back uh back to back winners from years yep. that's pretty that was pretty cool to see that, that three of them cool. yeah very cool and uh yeah i mean you, you don't see that very often so don't take that for granted because that's hard to do even though it happened three times this year, that is not something that happens all that often. So, uh, yeah, man, Bill Mott, what a Breeders' Cup. He won with three three Breeders' Cup races. So hats off to him. And Bill Mott just won the, the race at uh, Churchill Downs, but uh, he didn't win it as much as Florent Giroux uh, lost it. But anyway. All right, I cannot wait to watch this. So. I, it's 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 out of it's an all timer. I mean, it's it perfect. Is it's perfect too, timer. since we were uh, we've already you know shit on him enough on this show today. So. It's perfect, per- right on cue. I was, I, I was shocked. <laughs> You're at this point. Are you shocked or no? Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> wow. um, okay. So to kind of recap uh, for the two days. Okay, so Saturday, um, Saturday betting alone, you had an eighty-eight percent ROI. You had one hundred ninety dollars wagered. You profited one hundred and sixty-eight. Uh, and then I had a $225 wagered $364 profit for 162% ROI. So, uh, just mine alone, I, I profited about $400 for the Breeders' Cup, uh, for the two days. You profited a little over a hundred. So you're talking, uh, $500 cashed if you tailed Haltman and I in the uh, Breeders' Cup Bible this year, this year. Yeah. And that's just the bankroll, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, fives. Totaled about, uh, I think it was fifteen hundred dollars profit for the whole two days. If you did those, because we we hit the pick five, we hit the pick four, uh, the late and the early on uh, Saturday. So yeah, I mean, if you played all those and you played the bankroll, you're up about two two grand from this one. Um, so I I'm really proud of this one. Um, I 
it's it's always nice when when they kind of unfold it how at least in some way how you think they're going to on paper or in your head and when they actually you know run them at the track this was uh this was relieving for me because after i uh, well the derby was a disaster but i killed the preakness i killed it in the belmont and since then (laughs) it's been rough and this is the way i the style i play it's it's very hit or miss and it's been very missed and so it was really good to see for me personally to feel kind of like when i hit that exacta i was like oh, okay thank goodness i'm off the i'm off the ski here i, I got i got go back on the board so yeah. um it's good to get and obviously you know i had a lot of people telling us i know and and uh it was, so it, was, it felt good to have her you know to, to get some winners home and it was nice too from a from a team's perspective you know i started off red hot couldn't miss a race and and you yep. kind of you know ended the thing by uh by hitting a few there in a row including that uh huge uh, trifecta in the turf sprint so it, yeah all in all i felt like we uh we we double teamed that one pretty good <laughs> that's well that's what we do best right so <laughs> no and listen it's we've powered that bitch right yes yes and we've uh <laughs> yeah geez we've gotten uh we've gotten a lot of nice emails and so that's that's always good after a big event to not have any negative emails whatsoever and have nice ones and so we appreciate you if you did reach out to us and yeah, hopefully, hopefully a lot of you guys, uh, even if you didn't buy the Bible, maybe, you know, free picks or, or, or podcasts uh, really helped you guys cash because it did feel like Saturday. If we didn't hit it, we were all around it. Um, and then Friday, you did pretty well Friday, too, honestly. So it, it felt like one of the better Breeders' Cups, if not the best Breeders' Cup we've had. Yeah, all in all, in all uh, I did feel like it was... <laughs> the, the 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 breeders cup for a year that we kind of had some you know what you know question marks and who was coming over and you know who's the older whore you know all the questions you know the stars showed up and uh and and brought kind of brought it down for us and um saw some nice two-year-old performances the the weather it was great to have it at santa anita i you know it didn't allude to that much but uh santa anita is awesome right love the the weather i mean shoddy you I, I always love taking new people there because I get to watch them how I felt the first time I was there. And you, you, you're just in awe of the idea of this is a real place and yep. that this is a real background for a, a racetrack. And when you go and you go to the San, go to Santa Anita anytime, frankly, but when it's when you're there for the Breeders' Cup, you're like, it should never not be here. And I don't mean that like I know there's a lot of people bitching about Del Mar and whatever, but like it should never be in. I was, I'll just say it shouldn't be in Kentucky. It shouldn't be in New York. It shouldn't be. It should always be there. It's though. It's it's hard. How do you beat a, a track like that? I'm not going to make everybody mad at me tonight, but um, just, just let me. They'll be mad at me. It's my it's my favorite place that they have the Breeders' Cup. I'll say that. I mean, it's it's beautiful. I can wear shorts. Um, it, it's it's big enough to wear you know, you can move around without feeling like you're, you're, you know, a herd of cattle basically. Uh, and look, I, I absolutely love Keeneland. Um, I think it's a great place, but boy, on, on Breeders' Cup Friday and Saturday, it's not my favorite place. It's just so packed and, and it's usually cold. And so you, you think about Del Mar. I love Del Mar on Breeders' Cup day. It's not my favorite place because it is pretty packed, but, uh, you know, Santa Anita is absolutely a perfect place for it. Uh, Churchill's a good place to have it too, but you do get the weather situation. It's usually a little bit colder. And hey, I like to wear shorts in November. I think that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like to wear shorts. Um, the scenery is very good at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 
and when it's cold, and when the weather is warm, right? It's yep. More, opportun- more opportunities, Halterman. So, um, yep, that's a recap for the 40th annual Breeders' Cup World Championships. Good luck uh, to everyone that's playing, you know, uh, that playing Kudjaru, uh moving forward. Sounds like you're going to need it. Uh, but on the replay right to, now, it's holy cow! Congratulations, everybody! Seriously, for uh, for a good Breeders' Cup. Hopefully, um, you cashed in some tickets with us, and uh, you know we'll we'll see here as we get uh, the next couple months. Uh, who's going to win? Who's going to take home the Horse of the Year honors? <laughs> you still hot about that? About what? The ride, Drew. No, I think it's more funny than I'm not not mad. I'm just I, I was laughing. This will be interesting to see what the source does moving out of this because it was a two-year-old race. Won won the maiden real easy, and I think was gonna win here. Um, you never know for sure, but it sure seemed like it. Horse was loaded. All right, so we're inside. We're gonna duck in here. Yeah, good. Go- oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never been to one at uh, Stephen at, at Gulfstream. I know it was there, obviously, but uh, that would be I, from a scene, like from a, yeah, it's beautiful there. Don't I love Gulfstream, but I would be concerned about the, the amount of people. <laughs> I, I think Stephen, when it when it was at Gulfstream, and I may be wrong about this, I, I think that was the old uh, grandstand. And I think, but the, it had it, it seated a ton more people. I think now it would, I would love for it to be there, but I think the I think it would be tough from a crowd perspective. You'd have to limit it quite a bit. I mean, even Pegasus Day gets pretty cramped at at, at where how Gulfstream is now. It's just not a very big facility. No, it's not at all, and it's it's awesome once you're there. But just and then even the logistics of it, kind of when you get there, it feels like it's all kind of bottlenecked into everyone filter kind of funnels in there and and i think it'd be a just a mess the way they have it right now but um but yeah from a from a pure like like a ma- amazing places to have it just in general Goldstream park would definitely be on the list warm weather just give me warm weather yeah warm weather and like fair conditions and like just you know and there's yeah. got to be i don't know there's got to be some science behind isn't it it's closer for the international or like fly into like Santa Anita in LA versus in the middle of the country. I don't know. I don't know. And I could see to Steven's point, he said he loved it when it was there. I could see how that would be. Couldn't you, that would be a lot of fun at Gulfstream. Like I I could see how that'd be a lot of fun. I love Gulfstream. I will say this. The one thing I like about having it, the one thing I I guess I could say is I don't like about having it in these like Santa Anita is 99.9% of people don't know why you're there. It's like literally because it's it's L.A. right? No one, yeah. you know, it's like no no one knows that the Breeders' Cup's happening other than the people that are at the Breeders' Cup. But if you go to Lex, Lexington, you know, for at Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup or Churchill or wherever, like you, everyone knows you're there for that, right? That's you go out and do dinner. You're gonna see a trainer. You're gonna see a jock. You're gonna see owners. You know, we've so it's like it's just a different vibe from a pure standpoint of racing, but from actually at the track. Give me a Santanita. Yep, totally agree. All right, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for free picks and a premium selection it's on the Handicap Products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. You can also go download that betting Bible. It's for free now. Um, so if you want to kind of go follow along with how the bets did, like we just looked at, 
um, as well as all our betting Bibles. You can just go um, access that. All those are free as well if you are a premium subscriber, so make sure you go get your hands on that. Uh, check out the Best Bets page. We've got our Best Bets uh, lined up. I had a really good I, – I played that, uh, that $100 straight exact uh, on the Best Bets, which uh, returned like 1380 or something uh, profit. So it's a big day for me on Saturday. If you want to see exactly what bets out of all the bets we're playing every day, what we like most, make sure you go check out the Best Bets page there at RacingDudes.com. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram and Facebook. Apparently, we're on TikTok now, too. Um, that's shoddy about that one. So I guess search <laughs> Racing Dudes on there. Uh, go find all episodes of Blinkers Off. I'm visiting our podcast page on our website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the places you listen to. We are there. Um, as well as our YouTube page. So if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. If not, make sure you go to uh, YouTube.com uh, and search for Racing Dudes there and subscribe. It helps us, and uh, we'd love to see you guys on the uh, the live chats when we do these um, each and every week. The Magic Mike, Mike Show will uh, be live here in 10 minutes yep. uh, doing the Del Mar. That's right. Del Mar is back for the late pick five. So if you want to stay tuned for some real handicapping, uh, get back to handicapping. Though The dudes will uh, fill you in with that. Also, go check out the Magic Mike Show from earlier this week. Halterman attended that one and with the team, and and they kind of they get their thoughts as well of the uh, – of the breeders cup um action so if you want to just uh binge watch go all <laughs> just go check out all the episodes and at right after that right what time what time is dudes who bet yeah five o'clock uh, central six o'clock okay. eastern dudes who bet we'll be talking uh, we'll get papa dudes thoughts on the breeders cup kind of tell some uh, uh personal stories of what happened at the breeders cup and then we'll do a little bit of football uh picks as well so a lot going on on that show today and papa dude it's been a week since he's been on the air so i'm sure he's ready to roll was that shoddy was i don't was that, that wasn't uh, who was that that wasn't arabian nights owner was it that we saw on the i think he just had a hat on i don't think that was an owner <laughs> i don't who, know that's not the owner i mean i know the owner i didn't see anybody but on the uh, on our awesome little shuttle that we were driving in, uh, there was a guy wearing like on the way back to the our, the flight. There was a dude wearing an Arabian Night like owner hat. Um, I would be it, shocked if that was an owner of any horse. <laughs> they should not have been in that where we were at. If that was an owner, <laughs> maybe it was, but <laughs> uh, there's no way. There's no that would no. It, there's no way it was Arabian Nights owner, but it may have been an, a, like a owner of somebody. For sure. I mean, my guess is it was because isn't Arabian Night owned by uh, yeah Zidane Racing? Like it's he's that not flying a Legionnaire. I know that for sure. That wasn't Zidane. That wasn't uh, whatever. No. I, I've seen him. Yeah. My guess is like a like a, I wouldn't. I don't know if a groom would be the right. I he. Know. I don't know. The guy was talking. He had a horse farm or something. So. Well, I could guarantee you, or I can verify at least, because I, I did look at that guy closely because I was like, I saw the hat, right? And I was like, that's not, no, that's not the owner. So I nope. don't know. Nope. Don't know. But hey, it looked cool. And Shoddy thought she saw an owner. So there's that. All right, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> final thoughts, Alterman. Oh, it was it was a great Breeders' Cup. Uh, I, I was uh, just super excited uh, after the thing was over. It was a good two days for sure. And it's now it's, it's on to um, Kentucky Derby season. <laughs> yep the uh we're gonna oh by the way saw first mission is gonna run in the clark um as they're talking about the current three-year-olds right so we'll have the malibu mm -hmm. coming up too uh for for the three-year-olds and then yeah you you go right into uh the kentucky derby and 
and all the the fantasy draft coming yep. up right and yep. uh it's, it just never ends the cycle never continues ends. so nope. all right guys uh thanks everybody for tuning in i'm jared welch he's aaron halterman congratulations to everyone that cashed into the breeders cup we'll see you next time good luck this thank week. you for listening to another episode of blinkers off Join our horse racing community at RacingDudes.com and follow us on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the Racing Dudes.